This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all new, better than ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's time for some straight talk. Tax returns could look a little different this year. So when the big carriers start trying to get you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199. Plus, get our unlimited plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090, Mariska's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933, and Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Let's drop the puck. Welcome into this trade emergency edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. I am Jay Zawoski. I am alone tonight. (sighs) <sighs> story of my college experience, but that's a different story for a different day. Um, I wanted to wait to do this podcast tonight because I feel like a move of this magnitude needed some reflection and needed some time to think and take it all in and consider what it means instead of me jumping on, uh, recording something uh, with the emotions of this whole thing fresh in my head. And uh, I wanted to give you guys that um, gratitude. I guess you would. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. You know what I mean. I guess I want to. I don't want to give you something that's not completely well thought out. Um, so here we are. It's eight fifteen on Thursday night. The Hawks made this trade roughly six hours ago. I've had some time to chill out. Had some time to think about it. Had some time to uh, think about what could be coming in the future. Now, last week, actually it was this week, um, I had a very frustrated day. By the way, before we get into my feelings, let me, uh, let's recap in case people don't know what happened and are just tuning in. Uh, the Blackhawks today made a major trade. Uh, the Blackhawks announced today, this is from the Blackhawks press release, 
that they have acquired forwards Marcus Kruger, Mackenzie Entwistle, Jordan Maletta, and defenseman Andrew Campbell, and a fifth-round pick in the 2019 draft from the Coyotes in exchange for forwards Marion Hosa, Vinny Henestrosa, defenseman Jordan Osterley, and a third-round pick in the 2019 NHL draft. So there's the news of the day. The headline being the Hawks were able to rid themselves of Marion Hosa's contract. It took Vinny Henestrosa to make the deal happen, just as it took Tavo Teravainen uh, to, you know, in the Brian Bickle deal. We knew all along, and we had talked about it uh, up until this point of the summer, that it was going to take a decent piece, probably, to move Marion Hosa. I'm a big fan of Vinny Henestrosa. I think for a guy who's probably a bottom six on a really good team, he did some good things, some things that he could be a replacement level or slightly below replacement level first or second line winger. I don't think he's ever going to be a 50, 60 point scorer, but I think he you're looking at 40, 35, something like that uh, in his career. Uh, maybe with some better minutes in uh, Arizona, you'll see his numbers go up a little bit, but I think here, um, you know, he would probably start the season on the top line, but I'd be surprised if that would last. Um, we're going to get to Hosa when James is back on next week when we do our podcast early next week there's a lot to say about marion host's time here um i think i used the term i know for a fact i used the term it was an honor to watch him play hockey and i stand by that but let's let's get to the newsy part of it okay so host's deal is gone uh vanistros is gone with him jordan osterley uh say what you want about him i i was not the biggest fan of his he was fine he was the very definition of fine i think losing him is not a big deal by any means, especially when you look at some of the guys the Hawks have coming up defensively, some of the guys they have in the system as well. I don't think there's a, a huge difference in um, Osterley or Gustafson or any of those kind of players. I think they're sort of interchangeable. So I'm not going to lose sleep over that. Um, none of these guys the Hawks got from Arizona, aside from Marcus Kruger, we'll get into him in a little bit, um, are going to do anything anytime soon. Um, the one you have hope for is Entwistle. Entwistle is 6'3", about 175. He's got some speed. He showed some scoring at lower levels, but nothing crazy, not huge, like pop-out-of-your-head numbers like you saw from uh, Alex Dabrinkit before he came up to the NHL. So uh, a guy who maybe, maybe, if he fills out, he's only 18 years old, um, you know, fills out and, uh, and, and grows a little bit, maybe some scoring comes with that. So... The, the main part, as far as this year, is Marcus Kruger. And while this story was breaking, we saw a lot of people sort of speculating what it could be. I mentioned on the last podcast the name Christian Dvorak. Um, I think that was kind of wishful thinking in my end, but I had heard the name so many times from so many good sources that I said, okay, maybe this is finally what it took to get it done. They were definitely trying to acquire Christian Dvorak around the draft they were trying to do it today. They could not get Arizona to give him up. Smart move by the Coyotes. Christian Dvorak's a really good young player. I wouldn't be trading him either if I'm a team like Arizona or really any team in the league. So not a huge shock. Marcus Kruger comes back, and while he's always been kind of like the diehard hockey fans hockey player, he's not a guy who scores a lot of goals. He's not a guy who plays with a lot of flash, but He's very effective at what he does, and I was reading uh, Sam Fell's blog on Faxes from Uncle Dale, and he sort of put it very well. Um, 
he summed up Marcus Kruger's game pretty well and and mentioned how last year uh, Carolina and Arizona couldn't really figure out what to do with him. He spent a lot of years, a lot of the, a lot of the season in the AHL. Joel Quenville knows the kind of player Marcus Kruger is, and I think he's going to be a guy who plays here all year. I think he's going to have a positive effect overall. I don't know if I would trade Hennis Rosa for Kruger one for one, so I can't say that the Hawks are a better team now than they were yesterday. But the bright side of this, if I'm going to try to, like I said last podcast, I'm always trying to find the positive. The positive effect here is if Marcus Kruger is anything close to what he was when he left Chicago uh, two years ago, he's the kind of guy who can take some pressure defensively off of Jonathan Taves. Maybe Kruger handles those top-line matchups. Another angle with this, with Jonathan Taves. With Henestroza gone, there's no obvious choice for top-line right wing. The two that come to mind for me are Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane. One of those two guys is going to have to move up to that top-line right wing unless you're going to put John Hayden there. I don't think that's very likely. So I think those two guys are the most uh, logical choices. Both of them will have a better offensive output than Henestroza. So I think that's going to help Taves' numbers go up a little bit offensively. Couple that with the lessened burden defensively. I think you'd see a bit of a bounce back from Jonathan Taves. I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, 2010, 2015, 2013 Jonathan Taves, but I think you could see a little bit of a return to some of the scoring numbers we saw from him earlier in his career. And, uh, you know, 10, 15 more points from Jonathan Taves make that contract a lot more palatable. And I think you'd also see him when not taking on those big defensive duties, you'll see him probably playing better and playing with more energy overall. So I like the Kruger acquisition mostly from the standpoint of wanting Jonathan Taves to be better and hoping Jonathan Taves will be better. And I think that is something that is somewhat realistic. I think that's something that could happen. Now, the Hawks have freed up cap space. With this trade, they save uh, $4.65 million in cap space with this deal alone. They now have uh, about $8.5 million of cap space on their projected roster. I'm going by what Cap Friendly says. Uh, so that's $8.55 million in cap space. You have Artem Anisimov, who could be traded, maybe not, but that's another $4.5 million that you could free up and try to make a move. The reason that I didn't want to do this podcast immediately was because I wanted to give this some thought, like what could be coming. I wasn't sure yesterday if anything was going to come. And if anyone saw my appearance on CLTV, you saw me sort of saying the same thing. Like, I don't understand this. I don't get what they're trying to do. Um, you know, what are Chris Kunitz and Brandon Manning and Cam Ward going to do for you at the end of the day? Now that this deal has been made and now this that this space has been freed up, you almost have to think something's coming something bigger now most of the top end free agents are signed already but there's a couple veteran defensemen that you might want to keep an eye on one is Tobias Enstrom another is Dan Hamhuse and who is the other one I'm going through my text here speaking to a source earlier today Lucas Pisa is another guy the Hawks have had eyes on and would make some sense probably short-term deals reasonable money can help you shore up the D. I would say all of those guys probably count as as fours or maybe low threes if you're going through, you know, one, two, three, four defensemen. 
I'd say those guys are all solid number fours. There's some other names out there as well. Those are the three I was told today. We also saw some rumors floating around, uh, not for me, but from other people. I think the fourth period was the first to report uh, the Hawks have been inquiring about uh, Jeff Skinner from Carolina and uh, Max Pacioretty, I can never say his name right, uh, from Montreal. I was speaking to a source today. Skinner, I'm told there's some validity to. They've been considering it. I don't know to what level their interest is, but Jeff Skinner is a guy who the Hawks have had some interest in um, this offseason, and we've all heard uh, the the stories about uh, Justin Falk from Carolina. So those are two Carolina guys that the Hawks could look to, to bring in. And I'm going to look over at their uh, roster sheet. Jeff Skinner has one year left on a UFA deal for $5.725 million. So that would be a one-year rental unless they thought they could bring him back. Justin Falk has two years left with a $4.83 million cap hit. So you're looking at, um, you know, about $11 million. If they want to somehow bring in both of those guys, they could do it. They could find a way to do it. It would take moving Artem Anisimov to do it, but they could do it. Now, if you're bringing in Justin Falk and Jeff Skinner or Jeff Skinner and one of those free agent defensemen I mentioned, now we can talk a little bit about having a better uh, outlook towards the playoffs. Um, so it's hard. It's really hard to get overly fired up about this on paper it's not exciting on paper it doesn't look great you don't get a lot back uh statistically you feel like you lost a better player in Henestroza. but if you look at this sort of long view long term i think you have to sort of wait to see where this is going to go there's definitely something that's going to happen i don't know if it's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month or close to the start of the season but you don't go and make this salary freeing move for no reason i don't think they do that i think that they have something in mind of course ideally this deal would have been done before the draft or before free agency started but for whatever reason it wasn't able to get done now it's done now they've got the cap space and they've got to sort of scramble to see what's left on the market and what's available via trade so i have to hold off grading this or really getting uh angry about it or overreacting about it until we see the final product so again host is gone Henestros is gone Osterley's gone the guy who's going to help the Blackhawks now is Marcus Kruger that's sort of the long and short of it um, so with that I'm going to take a little break and then when I come back I'm going to answer some emails I got today thanks for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. The email segment is brought to you by our friends at Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. First email here comes from Ryan. He says, hey, guys, I'm sure you'll get this on the next podcast, but this Vinny Henestrosa quote perfectly captures my frustration with Q over the years. This is Vinny Henestrosa today. This is a quote. It changed every night. As a young guy, there's a lot of pressure. You never really know what's going to be asked what to do that night. I'm excited to just be able to go in and play my game and not worry about stuff like that, end quote. Ryan continues, I'm, I'm, I've been giving Q the benefit of the doubt for years, but how much quicker would some of these guys be developing if he just left them alone? 
The only guys who seem to get defined roles are the Krugers and TVR types, whether they play well or not. Solid pros with little upside get run at the expense of guys with high ceilings. Man, this is frustrating. Ryan. Ryan, good email. That is a quote I saw that you had emailed, so I saved it for the email section. That's not shocking to me. Um, it doesn't surprise me that Henestrosa was frustrated. Uh, I would assume if you asked Alex to brink at this over a couple beers or whatever, is he old enough to drink? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> over a couple uh, Capri Suns, um, you know, he would probably say that he was a little bit frustrated last year too. The feeling is this team needs offense. I'm an offensive-minded player, and I'm not being used in that way. And uh, not only that, it's one night I'm on the fourth line, one night I'm on the first line, then I'm on the third line, then I'm on the second line, and the coach wants different stuff for me every night. It's hard to settle into that role or into any role when you don't know what it's going to be from night to night. You don't know who your lines mates are, who your line mates are going to be, and you don't know what's going to be expected to you from you on a night to night basis. Very, very frustrating. Uh, for Vinny Henestrosa, he expressed, expressed it today in a classy way. He didn't go out and, you know, rip Q or say, thank God I'm gone or anything like that, but showed some frustration with the playing time, and, and that's been one of the knocks on Q. And, yes, he does have his guys, and once you are determined to be out of his, you know, not one of, excuse me, not one of his guys, and you end up in his doghouse, it's very hard to get out. It's very hard. So, I don't think Quenville was a huge fan of Henestrosa's game. Henestrosa gets a fresh start in Arizona. Probably best for both parties, if that's the case. If Q is truly not fond of Henestrosa or his game, it'd be his game, not his personality. Henestrosa's a really good kid. But if Q is never going to believe, then what's the point? It's better for all parties involved to move on. Next email here from Ken Bachelman. He says, besides the obvious Game 5 overtime goal against Nashville, what are your memories of Hosa? The one that immediately comes to mind is his Hawks debut in San Jose. The Hawks lit up the Sharks 7-2, and I believe they had three shorthanded goals that night. He is the best two-way forward I've ever seen play. Simply amazing. First ballot Hall of Fame for sure. Ken, thanks for the email. Always appreciate your support. Um, I love watching Marion Hosa play. I was on the score today after the trade broke with Dan McNeil and Danny Parkins, and we started talking about it a little bit, and Mac and I, have a long history of working together during those cup runs. And we sort of went through that together, two Hawk fans going through that together. Marion Hosa to me is if you were to construct a hockey robot and say, this is exactly how I want you to play. I want you to be a top end scorer. I want you to be a power forward. That's hard to knock off the puck. I want you to be able to stick hand with one hand and, and hold off a defenseman with another. I also want you to be able to come back and back check as strong as anybody in the game. I want you to be an asset in the defensive zone. I want you to be able to play on the power play, on the penalty kill. Everything you asked Marion Hosa to do, he did it and was one of the best to ever do it. He was never a guy with explosive huge numbers here in Chicago. He had big seasons in Atlanta and Ottawa, but as his game matured, his numbers kind of went down a little bit. But he was such a consistent two-way entire length of the ice player. Um, one of my favorite guys to ever play the game. Love Marion Hosa. Uh, I'm very pleased that I got to see him do have the you know the most uh, rewarding I guess careers uh, seasons of his career in Chicago. He will always be remembered as a Blackhawk, despite having better offensive numbers in other cities. When his bust goes up. 
at the Hall of Fame, it will definitely be in a Blackhawk sweater, and that's where it should be. Absolutely love Marion Hosa. I think if I had to pick a moment, that first game in San Jose was um, it was great. And I think people forget his first year, 2009-2010, the cup year, he did not start the season until the holidays because he had a shoulder injury. Came back that game in San Jose, was an absolute force, scored a goal. He caught a puck in the air and dropped it and batted it in before the puck hit the ice and he scored. And that was sort of the arrival. Everyone had been waiting for Marion Hosa's debut for the first few months of the season. It finally came with a large buzz, with a lot of attention, and he totally delivered. So aside from seeing him hoist the Stanley Cup three times, obviously the Nashville Game 5 goal, uh, those iconic playoff moments, that one moment, that first game, that first goal with the Hawks was an arrival, and I'll never forget watching that and how I felt watching that game. Next email from Michael Lev. He said, not that this would happen, but at least I'd actually be shocked with Hosa's contract off the books instead of kicking the tires on Pacioretty, Falk, Skinner, etc., who I still don't think they're close to contending even with one of them. Is there a better time to actually ask some guys like Keith, Kane, etc., whoever, about their willingness for a trade? I th- truly think now more than ever the next move or lack thereof will affect this organization will be in five years, slowly on the rise again, perhaps, or post-Dotsuk-Lindstrom Detroit 2.0. Um, earlier today, I think I probably would have agreed with you. And, um, if you're, as it felt like a rebuild, as it felt like a, let's wait two years and see what happens sort of a situation, I would have said like, well, two years from now, who knows what's going to be left of Keith Seabrook Taves and even Patrick Kane a little bit. And if that was the case to wait two or three years to try to contend again, to really try to win then I would have considered that. But again, I think today's moves are a precursor to something bigger, and I want to see what they are. Um, I do think that, well, I'm, I'm almost positive this is not the final roster entering a regular season. I really don't think so. So um, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just think that at this precise moment, I'm not ready to say that yet. Now, Stan Bowman obviously knows more about his plans than I ever will, or anyone ever will. If he's truly feeling like, okay, got some cap space to, to wiggle with, and then we'll just hold on to it during the season and wait to see till Yokoharu and Boquist and all these guys are ready, then yeah, I consider it. But if there's something coming and some you know, one or two impact players are on their way, then I try to get what I can out of this core uh, for the next couple of years. Kevin emails. He said, guys, when I sent you the email back last month about Jay Beagle and making a run at him, I always put in there, want to bet they try for Kruger. Oh, well, too late. Can't call me Miss Cleo for predicting that trade. I didn't put it in there. I'm okay with this trade of Kruger if he can win faceoffs. So what do you think they will do moving forward? Make a play on offense or what they should do or should they do a defender? I assume any trade will involve an easy mob, but we talked about that. And does this open up the Hawks to try to make a run at Eric Carlson? Yes, I know it's a pipe dream. Only way I would do that would be a sign and trade. Also, I'm totally on board with you guys watching younger players struggle. I'm on board with you guys. Yeah, I'm on board with you guys watching younger players play, struggle, and learn. Then watching the fill-ins won't be on the team when it matters. Um, good point. Carlson, I, look, I don't think they have the pieces to get that done. I really don't. I don't think they're going to, unless they're going to trade Yokoharu and Boquist and all these young players and it's probably going to take Schmaltz or Henestroza. 
I don't do it. Um, he's great. There's no doubt about it. Best defenseman in the game right now, probably. Um, I just don't think they have the pieces to make the deal without really, really hurting their roster. So, yes, having Eric Carlson would be great, but you lose so much off the roster to make it happen. I think at best it's a wash. So I would not be looking to trade for Eric Carlson right now. And, and again, he'd be a fool to not pursue free agency. So the idea of a sign-in trade uh, is pretty unlikely as well. So, um, yeah, I think Eric Carlson's a pipe dream. But those names we said, Skinner, Spisa, um, you know, those defensemen I mentioned, those are the kind of things you could be looking for here in the coming days and weeks. So we'll see. we got to let it play out. I know that's frustrating. I know it sucks to say that, and I, I don't want it to sound like a cop-out, but really it would be disingenuous for me to get too fired up about this right now as I truly do believe something bigger is coming in the future. But I want to thank everybody for their emails. I want to thank everybody for listening to the special edition. Again, James and I will be back early next week with a full-length podcast. You'll get James's take on this as well. I'm sure he's written about it for NBC5Chicago.com. I wrote about it today for 670thescore.com. So check out those pieces on the interwebs. Until next time, thanks for listening. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Chuck Southern Comforts Cafe, and Marishka's and Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. We'll talk to you next time on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is waiting for the previews to start in a movie theater. Hey, you want anything? Popcorn? Soda? No, nothing? This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm, mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. Ba-ba-ba-ba. I participate in McDonald's.